1: so, you can focus on your core business goals, confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose SixthSense, visit SixthSense.com.
0: We did an earlier piece on Riot, it hit the news. Just after Christmas and New Year's, I was traveling back from the States back to Europe.
1: That's John Foker. He's head of cyber investigations in McAfee's Advanced Threat Research Unit. The research we're discussing today is titled RIAC, Exploring the Human Connection.
0: And we saw this at the uh, several press instances, like I think the LA Times and some other newspapers were unable to print their newspaper because it was hit by RIAC. And the thing that stood out to me, and actually one of my colleagues uh, who I did the first piece with, we were like, it was attributed within a day to North Korea. Hmm. And we didn't know where it went in that direction, but we both had a good feeling like, hey, we need to look into this because this is going the wrong way. And We publish, within McAfee, we publish a lot on North Korea, and this didn't have the same sign. So we took a good look at it. And we're actually one of the first ones to say, like, hey, based on if we just look at the facts, it could be a regular cybercrime operation, but it's probably not North Korea. And, and that actually started a movement. So we see a lot of our industry peers, well, follow suit. And then they did a tremendous and really, really good in-depth additional research. But there is still something missing. And I was actually in contact with a company named Coveware, and uh, they're great guys, and they uh, they specialize in mitigation of ransomware. So if, if a company that we always advocate uh, don't pay because you're, you're supporting the extortionists, but they said, well, all in all, it's the choice of the company. But what they do is they're transparent about it. And they say, like, hey, if you are thinking of negotiation, please call us. We'll help you out. And because we deal with this. Will can do the payments for you and all these things. And they had several RIAC cases. And I was like, hey, that's interesting. Because from the security point of view, we always look at the malware and we try to pull it apart. But the human connection, which is in an extortion case, maybe even the most interesting or the most relevant one, wasn't discovered or wasn't spoke about, wasn't researched. So that made me team up with uh, Coveware to take a closer look at how that worked for this specific ransomware family.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting collaboration. One of the things you lead off this particular post about, the research that you did here, you talk about something called the diamond model. Can you describe that for us?
0: It's a holistic model for intrusion analysis.
1: And you have, I think
0: some of the listeners also know the cyber kill chain. But it's a way of structuring the connection between, and it's shaped as a diamond. That's no surprise. Between an adversary on the top and you have the victim on the bottom. And either left or right, you have the capability of an actor or an adversary and the infrastructure used. And with capability, we, we often say the malware. Uh, infrastructure could be C2, infrastructure, uh, hosting, all these things. Well, the adversary, that's the criminal. That could be one or several. And the victim, it's, it's his goal. So when you look at uh, traditional malware research, that's focused on the capability. And for instance, if we do a cybercrime investigation and we go on to a cybercriminal forum, And we would like to talk to an adversary or we see an advertisement of a certain criminal. So like, hey, do you want to buy this piece of ransomware? Then we're actually linking a capability, the piece of ransomware that we found to somebody who is advertising it, the adversary. Or if we analyze the ransomware and within the code, we see like, hey, it beacons out to this specific C2 or command and control uh, server infrastructure. We make a link with the infrastructure. And thus, there's also a link between an adversary and a victim, especially in this case, because the victim has something that the adversary wants. And in this case, it's money. And vice versa is also true, because the adversary has something that the victim wants, and that's access to his files.
1: So it really it, it provides a framework to sort of make connections between the various components.
0: That is correct, yeah. It's, it's a way to structure your thought process and to make sure that you're not missing anything. And I use it personally in shaping my research. So I know like, okay, I'm, I'm now looking at this part of my research, and it's it's interesting to explore this connection.
1: Well, let's dig into some of the details here about RIAC. One of the things you delved into was the ransom amounts and the negotiations. What did you find here?
0: RIAC is a a targeted form of ransomware, as we have seen, and the, the ransom amounts are really high. They're much, much higher as compared to, for instance, Gancrab or the more run-of-the-mill, if you might call it, the other forms of ransomware as a service. So that's something that stands out in Ryuk. And in the beginning, when it was discovered, we saw that there was a similarity between the ransom note that the software leaves behind and other forms like BitPaymer. We still don't know if, if there's a link or if it's just a way of showing their, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's like a copy and imitation as a mm. sincerest form of flattery.
1: Right, right. There's some laziness with a copy and paste.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why, why change something winning? Yeah, if you, um, in Dutch, we say, uh, w- why would you uh, develop something that's uh, half flawed if you can just steal it and it's perfect?
1: <laughs> I like it. So in terms of the numbers here, what are we talking about? What kind of dollars are they asking for?
0: Oh wow, that they have demands in bitcoins, and it's and it's it could be they they calculate it. That's what we suspect also when working with Coveware because it's targeted. So they they access the network. It's not like okay, they deliver the ransomware and they lock your machine and they hope for that you'll pay. They actually actively intrude your network, do a lateral movement, try to get control of the domain controller, and then. Have an estimate about how big your network is. And based on the size of your network, they will show you or they will demand a certain amount of Bitcoins. And that could be a, a relatively large amount. For instance, if you're a hosting company, because then you have a lot of computers. So it's sizable. And it could be anywhere from 10 Bitcoins all the way up to, I think we saw like 100 or 30. Hmm. But it's 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 relatively really, really high amounts.
1: Yeah, and one of the things you pointed out in your research was that that sort of spreads a disproportionate amount of risk to particular industries.
0: That is correct. Yeah, if you run an industry that's uh, where you're reliant on, for instance, logistics or I, like I touched on uh, hosting providers, that are, there's not a lot of profit to be made and you have a lot of systems to work together and you cannot afford a lot of downtime, those type of companies are hit the hardest by riot especially if they don't have proper backups and it's it's not segmented and they, they were able to penetrate the whole network. As we have been told by Coveware, uh, they had in, in our research, we saw companies going out of business because of this.
1: Now, one of the things that you tracked is their Bitcoin activity. What, what did you see there?
0: Yeah, you see in a, when we look at the activity, we do see that there's a large amount. That it varies, that thus being the separate victims. And we see there's payments being done and there's uh, payments taken out. So people are paying and they're making a lot of money. That's
1: what we see. Yeah, it's interesting also to me that they seem to be open to negotiations.
0: Yes, it is a really uh, interesting negotiation style. It's extremely short and blunt. But we did see two types of profiles, though. Some were stonewalled and they say like, hey, you have to pay this amount. And they were not negotiable, where other cases, and it's all RIAC, whereas first we fought was one group, there was a completely different way of doing their business or modus operandi. And they, they actually um, were very susceptible to negotiation. So it was able to, to lower the amount to have to be paid. And that's, that's interesting to us because that shows two different methods of operation. And that might indicate that there's several people or several groups active with RIAC,
1: yeah, it was interesting to note in uh, some of the email responses that you published in your research. One of them even included a paragraph on ways to protect yourself from future infections.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, that's something that's typical for a lot of ransomware cases that we see. I think CryptoWall back in the day was one of the first ones to start with, congratulations, you're now part of the club. And for some reason, sometimes they even see themselves as a, as a help desk. And, uh, and I've, I've read a lot of these uh, communications, and uh, I don't know if there's such a thing as a cyber Stockholm syndrome, but so- sometimes even the victims are grateful that they can get their files back, and they're grateful to the criminals, which is hmm. interesting to me, because they're actually the perpetrators.
1: Yeah. Well, let's dig into some of the details of the decryptor. So, suppose someone does pay up, they pay the ransom, what do they get sent, and what's in that file?
0: What we suspect, and that's... That's our running hypothesis. And we're we're almost certain it's a RAIC is a modified version of Hermes. And Hermes was a kit. Hermes 2.1 was a kit that sold on exploit.in, the forum. And what they get there is a a really simple decryptor on MS-DOS. And you could run it and the first iteration when you run it it will check if the virus is still persistent within the registry it will delete that registry key it will delete the service and it will ask you to reboot the system when you rebooted it you'd run the system again and it's it's just basically a couple of lines of uh, of terminal um, code it has two options either you can decrypt per file or it says an automatic decryption but it is very rudimentary and very simple whereas RIAC is targeted at organizations. It's usually several computers, and it is a network environment, and they try to spread it en masse. Whereas when we take a look at the decryptor, it's never built for network distribution decryption. It is a very faulty programs system, which halts if there's um, some alterations in the file path, and, and, and it will just fail the decryption process. So it makes me believe that they've, modified something just slightly, but it wasn't made for the this type of, of ransomware, targeted ransomware distribution.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting disconnect that on the encryption side, they have, I, I suppose, a certain level of sophistication by being able to move laterally and so mm-hmm. forth, but the decryptor doesn't match.
0: Yeah. Our suspicions are with this group is that their speciality, and that's also linked with the, the way it's delivered, so it's from our industry peers, we've seen it as well. And there's a really strong connection with TrickBot, one of the more uh, sophisticated, well, it's not even a bank trojan anymore. It's, it's a Swiss army knife. And we suspect that this the group or the groups behind it have a better skill set in penetration testing or doing the, the actual penetration, lateral movement, getting the domain controller, and more the hands-on hacking skills as opposed to being a brilliant ransomware or malware coder. So we see that they're really comfortable in running through a system and gaining control, but they're not coders. So they will use the RIAC, what we think is that they bought that somewhere else, and they will just deploy that. That's a telltale sign that's specific for this type of infection.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that when you look at how Ryuk is a very expensive bit of ransomware, I, I guess the, the amount of ransom that they're asking for is very high. You would expect better customer service, for lack of a better word, when it comes to getting your files back.
0: That is absolutely true. For the amount of money that they ask and that they're actually being paid, you would expect that they could... Uh, uh, I actually jokingly said that to, to a couple of colleagues, it's like, Wow, they could, they could hire a really good programmer to make this into a much better product. But it's, it is very worrisome to, for us as well, because certain companies, they go all out and they could barely pay the ransom demand. Then you're faced with a decryptor that doesn't work properly. And that brings you in another level of problems. You're either able to fail and you won't get your files back at all, or it takes away the, the extensions of your files. So only by your file name, you should recognize what your files are. Well, try to do that in a network environment for a company. That's months worth of work. That's so strange. So, yeah, I don't want to call it out, but they, they better do some better programming.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because you think, you know, Word would get around. They, they'd get a bad reputation and people would stop paying the ransom.
0: Yeah, because they get inside and they infect They're really, really successful in in spreading through a network and spreading on all these computer systems. And certain companies, they also have a problem with the backups because they go that far that they can also wipe out the backup systems as well.
1: Yeah, you made a really good point in your post here about this. You said that victims should always make an exact copy of the encrypted hard disk before trying to use the decryptor.
0: That is correct. And that that actually goes for any type of ransomware. When you look at what the industry does, together with law enforcement, we've set up a portal called No More Ransom, where you can get keys for ransomware. It's not necessarily for Riot, but for other forms of ransomware as well. So if you have recent backups and you can place them back, fine, go for it. Then you're back in business. But if you have the option, please leave your encrypted drive and back up to a new drive, because at least you'll have your files, even though they're encrypted. But if there's a decryptor coming out in the, in the future, and you can use that to decrypt your files and in the case of right because it's faulty you at least you have a second chance and you can figure out based on for instance the findings that we had in our article you have a second try because it's it's nothing is as worse as if you only have one copy and you try to decrypt it and it fails and all your files are lost forever
1: yeah well so take us through what are your conclusions here based on the information you've gathered here what do you think we're dealing with Yeah,
0: we we try to do our our research uh, based on uh, competing hypotheses. So we actually put a hypothesis out there where we think is our leading hypothesis. And we actually invite the industry to prove otherwise. It's more of a scientific approach because if they can't prove it otherwise or falsify our findings, then it's the most strongest hypothesis. And what we think is that Reich is is a direct descendant of Hermes 2.1. There's slight modifications, but we saw the Hermes file marker in the decryptor as in the software and in the files. Well, as I said earlier, RIAC is definitely not designed to use in large-scale corporate environments. And that also shows the scalability issues from the decryptor. And based on the negotiations that we saw and the the tactics, the TTPs, we think there's several actors or actor groups spreading RIAC. And they might be tied in because there's a relationship with TrickBot, and also based on some of the conversations that we have seen, we think there's a link with some post-Soviet republics. That there's a definite link with that because we found some some quotes.
1: What do you make of uh, when we were uh, the beginning of our conversation about what you perceive, I suppose, as a misattribution that was sort of latched onto by a, a lot of people? Mm-hmm.
0: It can happen. It's um, what we see in the industry a lot is uh, there's a lot of, and also from the media and from everybody wants to know who done it, who is behind it. That's natural. And i come from a law enforcement background and that's also who done it. That's, That's also the question that everybody wants to know. But we have to realize that when we're in the security industry and we're looking at the capability of actors, that who is not our strong suit. It's more like what happened and how did they do it? we should shy away from attribution. And that's our cause. Because the whole case was linked on a finding that there was something that actually the ransomware was used by North Korea in in a separate campaign as a distraction. But it had no signs that it was made by North Korea or whatever. And we could find the ransomware back on the forums, on a Russian underground forum. So it's it was a jump to conclusions, and we, and we would really advocate no, don't do that. Just stick to the facts, and, and, and together as an industry, everybody has a piece of the puzzle, and then we can tie it together and come to the more stronger hypothesis and actually help um, our law enforcement agencies worldwide with their efforts in, in attribution or arresting these individuals.
1: So what are your recommendations for organizations to protect themselves, both against you know, Ryoke specifically but ransomware in general?
0: Well, the number one thing, uh, an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. I think uh, Benjamin mm. Franklin said backups is, is the number one thing. And if you have a chance, offline backups as well, network segmentation, have your antivirus updated. Look at, especially with the targeted ransomware campaigns or any targeted campaign, Look at how your identity management is done because they always go for the domain controller. Look at, for instance, in a corporate environment, take a look at your users and reevaluate the rights that certain users have because there's a lot of like right aggregation uh, taking place in companies, maybe even enforce two-factor authentication on certain accounts, things like that. It's it's basic disaster recovery, hygiene, and hardening your network infrastructure with uh, defense in depth. For this ransomware, there's no general decryptor, but for other ransomware cases, I would advertise people, uh, if you want to have more prevention advice or what to do, or if you want to report to the police, uh, please visit nomoreransom.org. It's a nonprofit. It's made by a lot of industry partners, so ourselves and all the other companies and law enforcement and government agencies, there, and they offer free decryptors for a lot of things. So if there's any listeners, for instance, who got hit by Gancrab, and they have up to, I think, Gancrab version 5.1, there's a general decryptor that can help get your files back.
1: Our thanks to John Foker from McAfee for joining us. The research is titled Ryak Exploring the Human Connection. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and zero trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go.